what would you say if I said that I could bring them back? I guess I'd say I never thought of that. Well, alright, hold that. You might want to stand back because one small John is coming intact. St. John forward, spitting out some more words, fully intact. Jacked, ready to rap and attack. Small John on your lawn, living like a gnome. Hit you with my lyrics like a bullet to your dome. The night when he comes up here, he's either gonna kill or he's gonna suck. But there's no in between for Mr. John Forward. Hello there, and welcome to St. John Forward Radio. This is your host, John Forward, speaking. Uh, the show is every Monday night from 9 till 10 o'clock Atlantic. I'm broadcasting here from the uh, the very hot, uh, I was going to say CFMH. I think that's still technically true, but uh, we call ourselves Local 107.3 FM these days. Uh, it's very hot in the studio. There is a fan behind me that uh, that I forgot to turn off last week, and uh, it was audible. So, uh, to all of you audio files out there, I uh, I apologize. That's the only kind of fo- file that I will be apologizing to. Um, but anyway, I'm a, I'm a comedian and a person who uh, likes to run his mouth, and that's what the show is. And the show doesn't really have a set format. It's just. As long as I'm involved, it still falls under the uh, St. John Forward Radio umbrella. Um, uh, opining a lot about politics over the last couple of years, because the uh, the world has gotten pretty political. So it has come up. Um, but uh, last week's show, if you didn't hear it, I had Adam Landry in uh, doing, uh, doing a bit of a bit. Which is, it was a classic John Forward and Adam Landry mess around. So if you want to uh, check that out, it's available on uh, Facebook and YouTube, johnforward.podbean.com, all that jazz. So um, I've, I've gotten some feedback. Uh, a few people have told me that they really enjoyed that episode. I enjoyed doing it. Um, so uh, anyway. I uh this is a this is a free market show so whatever the market demands that's what I should probably provide so in theory I should have another funny guest doing a bit didn't have anybody um but if you're listening and you yourself or you know somebody who might make a good guest for St. John Forward Radio I hate asking so if you ask me, I will probably say yes. That saves me from having to prepare stuff for uh, for an episode. So, you know, you can go into the backlog. Um, you don't need to be a, a PPC politician to come on the show. That's, that's not necessary. Um, if you're a different kind of politician, I don't know if I want you. But, you know, if you ask, I won't say no. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, if you or, uh, anyone that you know might make a good guest and good guest is subjective and I've had some guests that ended up not being good on the show. Um, sometimes, uh, the combo of energies doesn't really, uh, make for compelling radio, but I'm willing to give it a try. And, uh, you know, some of the, some of the people that have, uh, made awkward appearances on this show, um, have come on later and it was much better. So I don't know. Part, part of it, I guess I, I probably have a better rapport with people that I know personally, but 
That's something I would like to uh, to improve on, so I don't mind going outside my comfort zone. So if you or somebody that you know can just have uh, conversations broken up by music, that's that's kind of my role when I'm when I'm hosting when things are kind of uh, running out of steam a little bit. I'll throw on a I'll throw on a song to uh, change gears a little bit, um, and you know, hopefully, I can get better at feeding the guest the proper prompts to keep the thing going. But anyway, um, if you got any suggestions or if you want to come on, then hit me up. I'd be happy to have you. I've mostly had uh, comedians on in the past that mostly uh, dropped off over COVID just because, um, you know, having interactions with people became illegal. Um, we can do it over uh, over video as long as you have some basic equipment that doesn't sound like garbage. Um, but anyway, so, uh, I, I don't know, not, not a, not a huge, uh, thing going on this week. I, uh, I didn't do any comedy over the weekend. I did do, uh, rebranded pub down under uptown comedy show on Tuesday. Uh, it's called, uh, titters. Uh, it was it was a fun show. Uh, there was a there was a touring headliner guy that I shoot <laughs> I forgot what his name was Mark something I forget what his last name was but anyway he was he was doing some local shows he's gearing up to do a recording so he closed it out so that was that was fun to uh, to see that and meet that guy a um, bunch of other people I missed most of most of the sets just because the seating arrangement. Up in the uh, the old bird's nest up top um, makes it nearly impossible to uh, to pay attention to the show. But um, anyway, what I did catch, I enjoyed, so that was fun. Um, still a little disappointed that the uh, the venue doesn't seem to be wanting to make even a modest effort to promote the show in any possible way. So that's a bit of a disappointment, um, but. You should continue going to it. I don't know when the next one is, but the more people that come for a comedy show instead of fish and chips, the better. Um, not that the fish and chips people are always bad. We we can win them over sometimes, but you know, if there's more fish and chips people than comedy fans, that's not a good recipe. Um, I talked about last week. I thought that I was on the uh, Five and Dime show on Wednesday. That turned out to not be the case. After the show, I, uh, I checked the lineup and I wasn't on it. And I don't know why I thought that I was. I had asked, but anyway, there's other people that, uh, that were ahead of me on that and that's fine. Um, hopefully you weren't too disappointed if you went specifically to see me. I'm sure it was a good show regardless. So anyway. Always support those shows, even if I'm not on them, as crazy as that may sound. Um, not much else. Um, I will say, uh, what did I, I don't think I did much this weekend. Uh, we, uh, May and I, uh, dear wife May and I, we went down to the, uh, the Moonlight Bazaar uptown, um, one million people taking the same picture of the big stupid moon thing. I don't care. Anyway, but it's it's fun to have a nice outdoor thing where everybody gets together. I remember going last year and it was kind of, there was a lot of people that were in a gigantic throng of tightly packed people that were kind of sort of pretending 
to still care about COVID, I didn't. I didn't catch any of that. There was a few anti-maskers, anti-facers out there that were still wearing masks, but that's their decision. I tried not to uh, outwardly judge them on the inside, though. Can't help it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, last year I remember running into several people that that we knew who were kind of like in it, but also this shouldn't be allowed to happen in a pandemic. There's all these, then stay home. You're allowed to have that opinion, but if you want to keep uh, a self-imposed lockdown, have at it. Um, one, uh, one nice uh, surprise. We, uh, we, we got some nice, uh, some nice desserts from a little pastry place and, uh, got a $7 lemonade. And uh, we uh, we were going to check out some of the music that was happening on Canterbury Street. And we kind of heard an opera lady singing. And uh, May was uh, May was into that. We wanted to, uh, to go check that out. And um, we got down there to catch um, like a couple of the, uh, the opera lady's songs. Not really my thing, but it's impressive and cool to see something like that different out kind of in the road surrounded by a group of people um and then uh and then some overlap um local rapper steven hero who i'd heard of but never heard any of his actual music um they they did one song together and then he just kind of did his own thing and uh it was a lot of fun i uh i enjoyed it thoroughly so much so that uh that i'm gonna play one of steven hero's songs right now so anyway shout out to uh local steven hero rapper we're gonna play that and then when we come back um this the cbc is uh is slandering us uh people with unacceptable views again so we need to fight back about the against the uh the government's propaganda machine so but for now 40 foot limo with steven hero a little pandery with the reference but i appreciate it i have nostalgia for the uh for the saint john transit theme song i was very disappointed turns out the 40-foot limo song is not specific to St. John. There are many cities that have used that exact same song, and we think that we're special. We're not. But anyway, it's a good song. Anyway, the live version of it was good. Hopefully he hasn't screwed it up too bad on uh, the Gold Collection EP. We'll find out right now, and then we'll be back to uh, defend ourselves from these vicious attacks by the CBC in a couple of minutes. The short song. Stick around. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Woke up quick. About noon, got the small town blues, and I need new shoes. I'm stewing in refuse, but doing my best too, and I refuse to be beholden to you. Uh, if you can't be of use, you can be excused. Dub a couple of tunes, I'm used to being recluse, and I ain't watching the news, I'm watching dudes in the room. Enthused becomes confused, and then I gotta diffuse. And if you too don't cool it, I'm dipping like Dunkaroos. Fuck a payments dude, get at me when you got tools. Excuse you, me and Amira's a who's who. A few rat tattoos, a few bad hairdos, but how does he do it to him? I threw in a few clues I'm focused on two dudes What does not no can do do? How is it you can't do you? Or can you but you choose to refuse? Fuck if I know me I got a limo that's 40 feet long I got, I got a limo that's 40 feet long I 
got a lamb on the forty feet long. I got, I got a lamb on the forty feet long. I got a lamb on the forty feet long. I got, I got a lamb on the forty feet long. I got a lamb on the forty feet long. I got, I got a lamb on the forty feet long. It's funny how money changes situations. If you're patient and brazen, then you can change your station. Turn all that concentration into celebration. And hey, maybe then you can stop your fucking hating. As soon as you moved crews and finished with hazing, you started to meditate on your new congregation. All of a sudden, it's you doing the exploitation. Cause you made it, so what excuses could we be making? No diluting what I do, and there's no limitation or intimidation. I just plan on building where I'm staying. Same place I was raising, I built foundation. Amazing, my fixations do rotations. Now I know the trail that I'm blazing. Hell, I never took a vacation. I was writing raps in the back of a station wagon. I ain't bragging, but I got facts for that exact conversation. Uh. Oh, yeah. I got a lamb on the forty feet long. I got, I got a lamb on the forty feet long. I got a lamb on the forty feet long. I got, I got a lamb on the forty feet long. I got a lamb on the forty feet long. I got, I got a lamb on the forty feet long. I got a lamb on the forty feet long. I got, I got a lamb on the forty feet long. Welcome back to St. John Forward Radio. A little uh, Stephen Hero action for you. Uh, local rapper I never heard until this weekend at the Moonlight Bazaar, and I enjoyed it. So there it is. The three people that are listening to this show are potential new Stephen Hero fans. Happy to help. Stephen Hero, if you're out there, maybe you want to come on my show sometime. I could probably make that happen. We have a mutual acquaintance. Um, so, anyway, uh, bef- I just, uh, I don't know how this fits into the topic at hand, but, uh, you know, we've, uh, we're living in a certain time in the world where, uh, things are kind of falling apart a little bit socially, politically, economically, all around. Things are going badly. Um, inflation is bad. Um, and I mean, speaking personally, um, this is the first time in, uh, I've, I've been, I've had decent steady jobs for, uh, most of my adult life. And, uh, uh, I've honestly, from, you know, speaking from a point of privilege, I, I was never really wanting for anything. I never really experienced any serious money troubles. And I'm not saying that what I'm going through now is a serious money trouble. I'll be okay. But, uh, you know, I, I've been, uh, I've been in my, uh, my current job for about five years. And I think this is the first time that, uh, my, uh, my credit card debt has ever exceeded my, uh, my bank account balance. And I'm not really somebody who budgets. Um, I mean, I just, if I have money, I spend it. If I don't, then I don't. That's kind of my budgeting, and it's generally worked out for me. But uh, the last couple of months, uh, the uh, the visa balance has been growing more than my checking account balance, and I'm a little bit alarmed. I'll, I'll get out of it. Part of it is because... Uh, I you know I've been spending a fair amount of money. Went on some some trips and booked various hotel rooms over the last. Uh, yeah, I went to see a couple of concerts in Maine since uh, since April. Um, went to my friend's wedding in Halifax uh, a couple of weeks ago. That kind of stuff. Went on uh, you know I guess a trip to Magic Mountain with the wife wasn't that extravagant of an expense, but uh, you know I've been, I've been 
buying stuff, but I've also, um, I've, I've had some car troubles lately. And I think in the last six months, I've probably spent like $2,000 in car repairs, which, uh, does not bode well. Um, this is my third, I think this is my third Subaru that I've owned. And, uh, prior experience, uh, when things start going badly with the Subaru, it's going to continue, and uh, this is kind of a bad time to buy a new car. Um, so hopefully it survives. Um, it's, been, it's been nice. Uh, my car has been paid off for a couple of years, so having that extra car payment money in my pocket was nice. Perhaps contributed to my spending, which wasn't wise. Somebody told me that, um, I think it was my dad told me that my mother-in-law, um, not mother-in-law, step stepmother that's the word i'm looking for um when her car was paid off whatever she would have been paying for car payments went into like a savings for future cars that would have been that would have been a smart way to spend the last two years but uh anyway um yeah lots of car payments um the grocery store uh was having trouble with their debit machine and they double charged us last week for our uh, groceries I, that one I'll get sorted out, but that's 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 some dollars that I, I would have preferred to go towards my Visa card. Um, but, you know, inflation, um, gas prices being crazy, that's certainly been part of it. But anyway, um, that doesn't really, I guess indirectly, just... But a, a lot of like the inflation and the gas prices and just uh, how everything is more expensive right now is a direct result of bad government policies, uh, especially all of the COVID ones. Turns out shutting down the world for nearly two years to not really have any tangible upside, but... Uh, Countless downsides that we're only, I worry we're only starting to see the, see the beginnings of it. There's going to be a whole, there's going to be a whole generation of kids that grew up in this, in this stuff that are going to be just broken. And I have no idea what that's going to look like. But anyway, um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe, maybe a couple of months ago, I don't remember. You can go back and listen to the episode. I, I talked about, um, the, uh, the Dutch farmers, who I'm not going to rehash the whole thing, but, uh, oh, we, we got a comment. Yep. I agree. Um, so I covered the, the Dutch farmer protests, which I haven't checked in on, uh, lately, but I assume is, is still going. Basically the Dutch farmers are protesting because their government has decided to, as part of their climate change uh, strategy, is to cut back on uh, nitrogen emissions, which means that the farmers are not allowed to use as much fertilizer, which on the farmer's side, they're saying that we need the fertilizer both for our income and to provide food for ourselves and the rest of the world. So the the farmers are protesting because they're basically being forced, uh, I, I believe, uh, I, I got notes, I probably should have had that in front of me, but uh, the options given to these farmers was either uh, just quit being a farmer or farm something, stop, stop making cows, or I don't know. But anyway, there, there's... 
tangible consequences for the farmers themselves. And it is being argued that these kind of policies uh, are going to lead to food shortages, um, which, I mean, following all of the supply chain and the lockdowns and everything that we're already slowly digging our way out of, we're at a higher risk of that than ever. And uh, while we're still recovering from the COVID recovery, this is a real bad time for dumb politicians to start muddling around with the food supply. Um, but anyway, the other side may be with the, we can't just put climate change plans on hold because of COVID the world's going to end. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like there is something going on. I have whatever my opinion or your opinion on climate change is and how, if it's part of a cycle or how much of it is man-made, how I just have zero faith that, uh, Government action is going to be the thing that solves the problem, if it is a problem. So anyway, I covered that. Um, as uh, you know, the Dutch protest thing wasn't a big news item, but it it did kind of seem like something that was inspired by you know the the trucker convoy, which is baffling to me that kind of the left wing progressive types are really mad at. Uh, a worker, like a working class kind of protest. It just, it's, it's baffling to me how the world has flipped backwards. Um, all, all great for just looting, um, for social justice, but, uh, you know, protesting for, you know, anyway. So, uh, I I see um, I saw an article this week uh, from our from our good friends at the CBC who uh, who want to give us some perspective on uh, Canadian coverage of these Dutch uh, protests. Let's uh, let's go into the uh, the vortex there for a second. So uh, th- this is an article that um, that was on uh, CBC posted on August twenty fifth. Um, it's, it says, so the, uh, the title, if you're listening, uh, Canada's convoy movement waved the Dutch flag, then conspiracy theories swirled about fertilizer and bugs. So again, this is another example of every, every, this, this isn't specific to the CBC, but they seem to be the worst for it. Throwing out the convoy, convoy, convoy as like a synonym for bad guys, um, I don't know how effective this is because, um, I mean, the convoy seemed it was more had more popular support than I would have thought before it happened. So I'm hoping that this kind of nonsense just further pushes us wild conspiracy theorists in the correct direction away from these loonies. Subtitle Far Right Media. And conservative politicians are stoking misinformation about an early plan to cut emissions. So again, they're they're throwing out the boogeyman of far right. Like what's what's the, what's the middle right? What's just regular? That's that's another buzzword that is basically Nazis. That's what they mean. Um, and you know, conservative politicians misinformation. Early plan to cut. So yeah, the early plan here. That's that's a key phrasing that's going to come up later. Um, misinformation. You would you would think that they're going to say, here is the bad information being pushed 
but here's the real stuff. Not so much. Let's let's get into it. So uh, we've we've got this picture. Uh, some this. I mean, cute chick tattoos. Anyway, that's probably that's <laughs> not very woke of me. I apologize. I'm sure she's uh, she's a has a lovely personality also. So anyway, into the art. Well, the subtitle under the picture in Canada, many within the convoy movement see the Dutch. Who it, who cares what if they were within the convoy? Am I within the convoy movement? Because I liked it. Um, they see the Dutch farmers as allies in a global fight against an array of policies they maintain are too progressive. Is anybody saying that these policies are too progressive? That's, this is like CBC talk for these people don't like it because it's too good. Because most people that read the CBC, progressive equals good. I mean, nobody's saying too progressive. They're saying that these, excuse me, these policies are ineffective and cause harm. That's, I mean, progressive policies can also be those things, but that's the problem with them isn't the progressiveness. Um, so anyway, they maintain that these are too progressive, such as public health mandates or emission targets. This photo of a protest was taken near the embassy of the Netherlands in Ottawa on July 23rd. So anyway, this, this is uh, in our country. So into the article. Over the summer, supporters of the Freedom Convoy movement have continued to hold anti-mandate demonstrations across the country, attracting anywhere from a few dozen to several hundred people in places like Sudbury, Ontario, Atchison, Alta? I don't... Is that, is that how... Is that Alberta? I don't know if... I've never seen that abbreviation in Regina, so... Right out the gate. These things are still going on, but there's only a small group of people, and it's out in the middle of nowhere, so don't worry about it. Uh, like the protests in Ottawa last winter, these smaller demonstrations featured big rigs, pickup trucks, and honking, though they tended to last only a few hours and kept to parking lots or slow-moving convoys on the highways. So the fact that they have trucks was the problem. I thought the problem was the disruption. So it's just like those, except for not disruptful. And uh, they also featured a new and perhaps surprising symbol. The flag of the Netherlands was being waved alongside the more familiar maple leaf and fuck Trudeau banners. You would, I mean, is this, uh, is this the Dutch flag? I assume so. The red, white, and blue. Um, so the red, white, yes, the red, white, and blue flag is meant to show a solidarity with Dutch farmers protesting their government's efforts to have e- halve half emissions linked to nitrogen-based fertilizers by the end of the decade. Um, I always, I always like how they always frame these policies with like the end goal. With they just take it for granted that they are good and they will like, so when they, when they criticize people who protest the COVID stuff, it's always framed as people are protesting that we want to save lives. No, we're protesting because this is all stupid and it doesn't save lives and it actually causes harm. Um, but anyway, they are not protesting because the government wants to cut their emissions in half. They're, they're protesting the plan on how to get there that probably won't even work. Um, 
Opposition to the policy in the Netherlands has been fierce and messy. It is one of the most intensively farmed countries in the world, and the proposed changes would mean huge reductions in farmland and livestock. At least they're acknowledging the consequences and why these people are upset. In recent months, farmers in the country have blocked food distribution centers, set bales of hay on fire, and spread manure on major roads. We covered that. Um, Here's a picture of the uh, farmer blockade in the Netherlands. In Canada, many within the convoy movement see the Dutch farmers as allies in a global fight against an array of policies they maintain are too progressive, such as public health mandates or emission targets. Anyway, I already said that earlier. Um, The quote, the far right wants to think of it as a transnational movement said Barbara Mollis, a research fellow at the International Center for Counterterrorism in The Hague. So, thinking that people protesting against bad government rules is a transnational movement? Well, it is. Uh, I, I see this. I assume this was inspired somewhat by the convoy. I don't think it's the other way around, that the convoy are just jumping onto this thing. I would assume, having not spoken to any of these people, that the people putting together these uh, Dutch farmer protests probably saw what happened with the convoy and how there was some bumps in the road, but it eventually it did lead to a severe easing of the bad COVID policies, whether anybody wants to admit that or not. Um, So anyway, back to the article. As the convoy movement organized solidarity rallies for the Dutch farmers in July, its leaders warned that Canadian farmers would soon find themselves in a similar position. And I don't don't think that's an unreasonable connection to make. Um, Our government is doubling down on, on climate change stuff. We specifically, it's probably going to come up in the article, but we have targets that include reducing nitrogen fertilizer so it's not that big of a stretch so anyway back to the article quote the reason we're standing in solidarity with the dutch farmers is because these policies are actually coming to canada as well jerome o'sullivan the founder of the group freedom fighters canada told a podcast last month he told a podcast last month so who knows who this guy is I can't tell if this is uh, trying to dismiss it by just they told the podcast or that this is just some tiny podcast that somebody dug up. I'm not really sure which way to take that. Um, But the convoy movement's embrace of the Dutch farmer's cause has been fed by misinformation and deliberate attempts to sow confusion about government policies in Canada and the Netherlands. So not only is it misinformation, so it is incorrect information that they are being fed, it is also a deliberate attempt to sow confusion. I mean, uh, how they came to that conclusion, who knows? Maybe a deliberate attempt to sow anti-government, whatever that might be. I've got no problem with that. I I am sowing anti-government sentiment right now. You're welcome. Um, It also threatens to overshadow legitimate concerns that Canadian farmers have about how to grow food while also addressing climate change. Okay. 
There is a distinction, said Molas, between what the farmers actually might think and what the far right wants people to see the farmers as. Well, this CBC staff writer certainly has their finger on the pulse, that's for sure. So, the next section, how the conspiracy theories went mainstream. So, Dutch, or I should uh, chime in here with, uh, hang on, let's, 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 let's do uh, a produced, hang on, hang on, there it is. Community boy. You can put whatever uh, slant on it you like, but if you want to say your name and that you're listening to uh, 107.3 local FM. Community boy. I need to produce more of those, so I don't need to just tell you what you're listening to every time. So anyway, this is how the conspiracy theories went mainstream. Dutch farmers have been protesting since court rulings in 2018 and 2019, forced the country to drastically cut its nitrogen emission levels, which at the time were exceeding commitments made under international climate change agreements. Um, So... I mean, th- these are all, there's politicians that are setting arbitrary, like, levels that they're supposed to hit by an arbitrary year, and then what happens is, uh-oh, that, we didn't meet that unrealistic target, so now comes the heavy-handed stuff that's also not going to get us there. Uh, so, when the farmers escalated their tactics in late June, convoy-affiliated activists, what does that even mean? Convoy-affiliated activists in Canada remarked on the similarities with their own movement, ultimately sparking interest in Ottawa's efforts to reduce fertilizer. So they think this is just dumb people. They're like, oh, they're like the convoy, so we should go with, we should agree with them. Stupid. Uh, We stand proudly with Dutch farmers in the continued fight against government overreach and the globalist elite. Welcome to the revolution. Set a Facebook post from Live from the Shed, a webcast dedicated to the Canadian convoy movement. Like, I've never heard of this Live from the Shed. I wonder how many, maybe this isn't great to be pulling it up on the air, but uh, let's take a look at... uh, Facebook and see how big this page is. Live from the shed. 11,000 likes. That's, uh, you know, I don't know what it is, but, uh, yeah. I don't know how, that's, that's certainly bigger of a Facebook page than I have. Not, not huge though. Um, and again, dedicated to the Canadian convoy movement. The convoy was, is not the center of this. The government overreach piece of it um the globalist elite that's that's not a term that i throw around because you sound like a crazy person but there is something there um the july 2nd post received more than 350,000 views and was shared more than 16,000 times according to uh facebook's analytics tool crowdtangle that's funny that they uh they're promoting facebook's analytic tool um i mean is is three hundred and fifty thousand views on facebook that's a lot i guess i don't know i don't know i don't have any sense of the scope um soon after 
far right so far we still haven't gotten to the uh, misinformation or the deliberate attempts at it soon after far right media outlets in canada seized on the dutch protest to provoke conspiracy theories that reinforced anti excuse me reinforced anti-government ideologies many of these sites had already been sowing misinformation about food supply issues okay um the western standard a conservative publication based in Calgary amplified in early July a conspiracy theory that claimed fires were being deliberately set at farms around the world to make populations more dependent on governments. I don't know much about that. Um, if if there are farms being sent on the world, I mean, I don't know. that It is a conspiracy theory. I don't know if there's any truth to it. But, I mean, if it's a thing that's happening, it's worth raising an eyebrow about. Um, the column, which was shared more than 450 times on Facebook, that 450 shares on Facebook does not seem like a lot, to accounts totaling 136,000 followers. So, let, let's let's do some quick math on that. Um, so, we've got... It was shared 450 times to Facebook pages, which have a sum total of 136,000 followers, given some of those Facebook pages have overlap, but we're going to assume that that's 136,000 separate, separate people who potentially saw this. So 136,000 divided by 450. So this was shared 450 times by people or pages that have an average of 302 followers each. I don't have a big following, and I've got more than 300 on Facebook. So 450 Facebook pages smaller than mine shared this article from the Western Standard, which I'm not even sure if I've heard of before, suggesting that a global plot was the real reason behind Ottawa's decision to help fund a cricket processing plant in London, Ontario, even though the facility mostly produces pet food. I mean, it's... I, I don't know the ins and outs about that plant, but if we're in a situation where... Policies are threatening to create less agriculture, which obviously means less food, which if there's less food, then that could be a food shortage. And there's also this more recent push to more non-meat stuff. Crickets is part of it. And again, if you're on Facebook ranting about crickets you sound like a crazy person but there is something there and so i mean it's not that much it certainly is a conspiracy theory and that shouldn't unless anybody has any hard facts it shouldn't be presented as being a sure thing but if there are policies which could reasonably lead to food shortages i want to pay attention to the people who are preemptively going all in on these alternative things. It doesn't mean that they're creating the problem, but if, uh, if I wanted to own a cricket processing plant and um, the food shortages aren't coming as quickly as I would like, 
if I could influence politics to create a food shortage, which increases the need for my product, that's not that crazy. Um, on July 5th, the Facebook page belonging to Cheryl Gallant, a conservative MP who has been criticized in the past for spreading conspiracy theories. So this person has been criticized for sharing conspiracy theories. There's a link there. I, want, I don't know what, uh, I wonder what conspiracy theories she was spreading. Let's, let's take a little side peek at this article and give it a skim. Uh, she was conf- peddling deranged conspiracy theories. What kind was it? Was it that masks don't work, or that you can still get COVID if you're vaccinated? Something nuts like that. Um, she want, they want all illicit drugs to be illegal. Uh, I want all illicit drugs to be legal. So I guess I mean anyway, cultural Marxists. Uh, they want anything that goes in every aspect. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Sexual activity with children. All right. She seems a little kooky. Um, but there is a kernel of truth in those, in those things. Um, so, uh, she posted that Trudeau wants us to eat crickets while linking to a story about the Dutch farmers protests. Uh, so here's her, here's her post. Trudeau wants us to eat crickets. Um, in the days that f- we'll we'll come back to the crickets when we get to the end of the article. In the days that followed, Canada's far right media pushed more disinformation to their readers. So anyway, their the CBC article is saying these crazy people are promoting the wild conspiracy theory that Trudeau wants us to eat crickets. That's not true. Anyway, we'll come back to that. Uh, Rebel News, for instance, claimed that the Dutch government had, quote, pandered to the radical demands of the World Economic Forum. I mean, all of this climate stuff is part of the demands of the World Economic Forum, which is objectively a very influential organization on governments around the world. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's just verifiable fact. Um, echoing popular conspiracy theory that maintains the Swiss think tank is secretly forcing governments around the world to adopt left-wing policies. That's not a conspiracy theory. Um, I, I don't have it, but I've heard the clip of Klaus Schwab, who, uh, this guy, um, is on record saying that this World Economic Forum, they come up with these policies and they invite world leaders and politicians and business people from all around the world to hear hear these TED Talks. And they do have what, what the crazies would refer to as a globalist agenda. They want to have more centralized government. They don't like that each individual country gets to make their own decisions. I, for the record, am for wild decentralization in as many aspects of the world as we can. Um, but th- this guy has been on record. Trudeau has gone to this thing. He's he's in the World Economic Forum family, I guess. And Klaus Schwab has specifically name-dropped Trudeau as an example of one of the young up-and-coming politicians that he's friendly with that can help kind of them to achieve their goals. I mean, why is is debatable. But the fact that this this organization has influence on our government specifically 
and governments all over the place. I, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's just that's just the truth. Um, that's a quick Google search away. Go ahead. Um, so where are we here? Um, so they uh, another far right populate pub- publication, the Counter Signal, recirculated the comments of a former far right Dutch politician. Who fa- is? Are there no bad far left politicians anyway? who falsely claimed that the goal of the Dutch climate plan was to confiscate the farmer's land and give it to immigrants. I don't know about that. That didn't really... They are telling them one of their three options is go away and stop being a farmer. I never... When I was doing research, I didn't find anything about giving it to immigrants. I don't know much about that. As interest in the Dutch protests increased in Canada, conservative pundits and politicians began suggesting the Canadian government was also going to force farmers to reduce how much fertilizer they use. (sighs) Not a conspiracy theory. This is not what the government has said it intends to do. Not what the government has said it intends to do. When has the government ever done something different than what they say they intend to do? Way to ask the hard questions, CBC. While Ottawa has pledged to reduce emissions from fertilizers by 30%, it has also pledged to meet that goal without resorting to a mandatory reduction in nitrogen fertilizer use. So these crazy conspiracy theorists think that even though we have a goal to reduce our emissions from fertilizers specifically by 30%, we're going to do that somehow without using less fertilizer. That just, that doesn't even make any sense. Um, and it, it's just ridiculous. Now that's a, that's a science problem. If we can reduce the emissions, while using the same, that makes the fertilizer better, and that would be something that the market would come up with on its own if it was possible. Um, but I, again, I've they start with the thirty percent reduction, and then we're just going to figure out on the way how to get there, and that's not going to include cutting back on using fertilizer. It just doesn't even make any sense. Um, and they're not saying, by the way, here's what they're going to do instead. They're just saying they said it wasn't going to be bad, and we trust them. Nevertheless, the Toronto Sun's Brian Lilly wrote a widely shared column that the plan, which hasn't yet been finalized, means reducing fertilizer usage by 30%. So they're not saying that we're not going to reduce fertilizer usage. They're saying all these people are peddling wild conspiracy theories that even though we want to reduce emissions, that might obviously lead to reduced fertilizer usage. That's This is insane. In a Facebook post, Devin Dreeshen, a, a United Conservative MLA in Alberta, referred to it as the 30% fertilizer ban, while Todd Lowen, another candidate in the party's uh, leadership race, said that he was standing with the Dutch farmers because they were resisting the exact same eco-radical policies advocated by Ottawa. I mean, the, we're not getting into why the Netherlands policy is different from our policy. They're just saying that our policy isn't finished yet, so we're not allowed to complain about it, even though this is how it went. The Netherlands is the canary in the coal mine, is the wild conspiracy theory that's being floated. Uh, 
before July, Facebook posts in Canada that mentioned the phrase fertilizer ban had received effectively zero interactions, according to CrowdTangle. In the last week of July, though, the phrase received nearly 10,000 interactions. So, yeah, people found out about it. Okay. Farmers Forum, an Ontario-based agriculture newspaper that is sympathetic to the convoy movement, interviewed several farmers earlier this month about the prospect of a Dutch-style fertilizer ban coming to Canada. Almost all were convinced that a ban was in the works and cited the World Economic Forum as the reason why. It's kind of scary. At the WEF, they tell you exactly what they're doing, and bang, six months later, it's happening. Andy Sen, a dairy farmer from St. Bernardin, Ontario, told the, told the paper, Yeah? Uh, misinformation flourished in an information vacuum. At the same time that social media is flooded with misinformation about Canada's agricultural policy, the federal government is seeking to put input from farmers and other industry players about how to best cut fertilizer emissions. It's definitely a challenge for us in terms of communication. We're working hard on trying to use different ways to communicate, said Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau. Uh, The goal of reducing fertilizer emissions by 30% was set as part of the Trudeau government's plan to lower the country's overall greenhouse gas emissions by between 40 and 45% by 2030, in line with the reductions international experts say are necessary to minimize the damage from climate change. Like, if you want to talk conspiracy theory... Let me read that line again. In line with the reductions international experts say are necessary to minimize the damage from climate change. That sentence has no information in it. It's just saying the people, the experts say so. So it's great. Running out of time here. I'm going to power through to the end of this article. Uh, When the fertilizer target was initially announced in December 2020, there was widespread confusion with the agricultural industry about whether it would entail cutting fertilizer use, which would in turn affect crop yield. So this is something that the farmers are worried about, but the CBC is not. Who do you, who do you think knows more about agriculture? Uh, Earlier this year, the Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada released a discussion paper that outlines its strategy for reducing fertilizer emissions, will focus on improving nitrogen management and optimizing fertilizer use, and not on a mandatory reduction in the use of fertilizers. Good if that's true, but what happens when they're like, well, we're not hitting the targets so reduce your fertilizer. Like, is that is it crazy to think that that's on the table? It also cites industry and government research that concluded significant emissions reductions can be achieved by expanding the use of certain techniques, like applying fertilizer in the spring instead of the fall. These are all things... Fertilizer costs money. And if you're a farmer and you're paying for fertilizer, if you can use your stuff more efficiently, it makes sense to do that without being forced. Um, The discussion paper has helped ease some fears within the industry. Overall, we were really pleased to see these techniques included, says Cassandra Cotton, vice president of the policy and program at Fertilizer Canada, a lobby group representing the industry. 
the amount of misinformation circulating about fertilizer policy hurts and prevents this moving forward in a positive direction. Then come out with an equipment with a with a statement that says and put it in writing. Not that they can't ever cancel that, but say, we are not going to force you to reduce your fertilizer. And then focus on all the other stuff. But build in something where you can't, when that stuff fails, you can't be like, oh, well, then anyway, we're going to do this. Not that that helps. There's there's a video clip that, if I was more prepared, I'd throw it up right now of Justin Trudeau looking into a camera and saying, Canada is not a place... That mandates vaccines. Well, guess what? But she also echoed a view expressed by others in the industry that the federal government has been slow to offer specifics about a policy that will ultimately affect what foods Canadians eat every day. So they're not offering specifics. They have no plan other than this arbitrary target that they set. They don't know how to get there. And everybody's worried that they're going to get there in a bad way, or they're going to do bad things to get to a target that they're still going to fail to meet. Part of this misinformation is being driven by the lack of detail as to how the government plans to get to this target, says Kelvin Hepner, a farmer in southern Manitoba and an editor for Real Agriculture, a respected industry publication. You see how they frame the... The particle, the are uh, the uh, the publications that they like, um, and so in that vacuum, there are conclusions that people are reaching, and they're not necessarily based on what the government has said it will do. According to Mollus, in this confluence of confusion and concern that creates an opening for far right groups to exploit. These are movements that began of very real grievances that governments didn't address soon enough, she said. The far right sees that as an opportunity to spread their anti-democratic narrative. If that's true, so far, they're not even doing a big scary convoy. They're going to a parking lot for a couple hours with a hundred people in the, the middle of nowhere. They're posting stuff on Facebook. Oh my gosh, clutch your pearls. If the lack of information is driving these conspiracy theories, then give us some actual information other than we haven't figured out the plan yet and we're asking for feedback and we're not gonna, we don't wanna do anything bad. It's just, it's madness. So, anyway, we're coming up on the end of the show. I have, uh, I have nothing coming up to uh, to promote other than this show is every Monday from 9 till 10 p.m. I am seeking guests to be on the podcast if you or anyone else is uh, is interested. But uh, uh, in the in a couple of minutes, and we don't have time to get super far deep into it. But uh, this whole thing about the World Economic Forum and crickets being a wild conspiracy theory. Not so much. Quick Google search. You can do this yourself at home. World Economic Forum. Or, okay, I added uh, Kenyan Farmers because I was looking for a specific article. But uh, World Economic Forum crickets. Five reasons why eating insects can reduce climate change. Number one, why we need to give insects the role they deserve in our food. Anyway, there's a bunch of these. Look, we've and these, these are all... It is funny that the this world economic forum is right out in the open with this stuff but anybody that talks about it gets called a conspiracy theorist 
So this is part of quote Davos agenda 2022. They want to reduce climate change and eating insects is part of the tactics. So if you want to push insects, it only makes sense that, you know, you want to shut out the competition, which would include regular agriculture. Uh, we need to give insects the role they deserve in our food system. This one is about mealworms. I'm not even against the idea of eating into insects. If it's a choice and it's one that makes sense and it isn't terrible, I'll give it a go. Um, but this is the, uh, this is the one that I, that I wanted to, uh, to pull up quick. I noticed this when I was doing research for the show. There's also on the World Economic Forum, there's an article, uh, these Kenyan farmers are preparing for the future by rearing crickets. This is from, uh, from 2018. So anyway, nothing super nefarious in this article. It's just, you know, these Kenyan farmers are doing cricket farms and they're talking about how good of a food source they are, which may be true. Um, but the, uh, thing I wanted to point out, oh, where is it? Hang on. I'm going to have to do a control F here. Bear with me. Oh, yeah. Over the past five years, a joint Dutch-Kenyan-Ugandan initiative called the Flying Food Project. So, the Netherlands, Kenya, and Uganda, ha I don't know what this Flying Food Project is, but I, think, I found that to be an odd coincidence, that the Dutch seem to be early adopters of the cricket thing. And uh, now the Dutch farmers are protesting and talking about crickets. Maybe, maybe it's a... Anyway, we've got some more comments from, uh, from Mike Morris here. Sri Lanka cut fertilizer by 30%. Now they're in very bad shape. Coming to Canada soon. I'll have to look into that. Bad shape. Spell correct there. Stephen Harper signed Canada up for the World Economic Forum. Uh, there's a YouTube link. I don't know what that is, but, uh, yeah, the world economic forum is a think tank. It has influence over our policies in this country. And that's what people are worried about. If there's nothing to worry about, then worst case scenario, some dangerous far right people like myself are talking about it on the internet. These people are creating policies that hurt people and cause untold unintended consequences i don't trust them neither should you that's the end of the show thank you for listening i'm john forward and you know just to run out the clock it's gg allen's birthday so bite it you scum <laughs>